I have been excited about this particular episode probably for a couple of weeks now, as I've been kind of studying ahead a little bit of of where we're at. I actually was going to challenge myself to do something really odd. I had the opportunity to go to Disneyland with some members of my family a couple of weeks ago. And in the process of being there, I said to one of them, I want to just ask random youth here at Disneyland to define the word truth. Like I wanted to, but I'm going to totally own that I chickened out. So please know that that may happen in a future episode where I just walk up to people randomly. Like I was trying to figure out how to best phrase it of like, I'm doing a podcast for you about New Testament. Like I wasn't, I wasn't feeling confident. And if there's anything I learned from recent state conference that I attended was I need to be more bold and more confident in what I know and what it is that I have in my life. So that being said, I totally blew it. I did not ask any youth to help me define the word truth. So I want you to pause here for just a moment. Think to yourself, what is the definition of truth? Did you come up with something? What is a definition of truth? Of course, you know, by now I love to Google things and uh, I love to find out what Webster's and everybody has to say. It cracked me up when I got in there. Truth, the quality or state of being true. And I was like, what? What? The quality or state of being true? So clearly I had to go in a little bit deeper and I went to true and true is defined as conforming to reality or fact Genuine, authentic, not deceitful. Now, I'm not going to kid you. I don't like these definitions of truth. And so I'm really grateful that through modern scripture, we actually have a fantastic definition of truth. In Doctrine and Covenants section 93 in Modern Revelation, we learn the following about truth. So we are in section 93, and the verse is verse number 24. And truth is knowledge of things as they are, as they were, and as they are to come. Truth is knowledge of things as they are, as they were, and as they are to come. Now, this week we have the opportunity to take a look at some miracles. And what I love about these miracles is that through at least three of the miracles inside of this block, we're going to be able to see truth. Knowledge of things as they were, as they are, as they are to come. So today we're going to talk about three eternal truths that are found inside of the miracles that are performed. First one that we want to look at, though, is knowledge of things as they were. To best understand this, one of the things that you need to understand about me growing up is I grew up in southeastern Idaho. I grew up in a very rural part of southeastern Idaho and directly west of us by about a mile or so was a pig farm. And this pig farm didn't really bother us most of the time, except in the hot summer nights when the wind would come out of, you guessed it, the West. And on hot summer nights when the wind would come out of the West, there was no mistaking that a mile or so West was a pig farm. You could smell it throughout that entire area. Now, the reason I want you thinking about this pig farm and the pig smell is because of the miracle that we see in Mark chapter 5. 
In Mark chapter 5, we find the miracle of where the Savior casts what they call themselves as legion into swine. But we want to break this down a little bit to really understand truth. See, in Mark chapter 5, if we start in verse number 2, we're going to read a lot today inside of the scriptures because of the value of these verses, right? So we're going to take verse number 2. So here in verse number 2, and when he, meaning Christ, was come out of the ship immediately, there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. So there's our center figure, right? And if we jump down into verse number six, something extremely interesting happens here in verses six and seven. But when he saw Jesus, so when the man with the unclean spirit sees Jesus afar off, he ran and worshiped him. Now, did you catch what this man does? He runs and worship him. He worships the Savior. Now, if we look at verses three through five, we see what his life had been like. Who had his dwelling among the tombs and no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains and the chains had been plucked asunder by him and the fetters broken in pieces. Neither could any man tame him. So he is basically like a wild, crazy show out here in the tombs, yet when the Savior shows up on the scene, he runs to worship him. Verse 7, and cried with a loud voice and said, what have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. The devils inside of this man understand truth, the truth of who the Savior is. You see, they would have been there at the war in heaven. And they, unlike us, did not go through the veil, but remember quite clearly the plan and where they fit in the plan. And in the process of that transpiring, because remember, they're not being tested like we are, they recognize the Savior for who he is. Continuing in verse number eight. For he said unto him, come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. I love the Savior. And the Savior asked him, what is thy name? And the devil or the young man answered saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. But I'm thinking it probably sounded more like my name is Legion, right? It had to have been something good and creepy, right? So he says here, well, my name is Legion, for we are many. and He, meaning legion, besought Christ much that he would not send them away. Or in other words, they wanted to be in that body. They wanted that body. Think about it. There are multiple spirits. They call themselves legion. That's why they are causing this young man to be so strong that he cannot be contained in any way. And as they're conversing then with the Savior, Legion, right? Jump into verse number 11. Now there was nigh unto the mountain a great herd of swine feeding, and all the devils besought Christ, saying, Send us into the swine that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirit went out and entered into the swine. Okay. So they enter into the swine. So we have to pause here and ask a really important question. Do you understand 
what an amazing gift your body is. A body is so important that these spirits who are cast out of our Father's presence would rather have the body of a pig than nobody at all. Now think about that. They would rather have the body of an actual pig. Now, I have had those moments where I thought, man, I'd like to be a dog, right? Like, I would like to be a dog. And if I were a dog, I'm not going to kid you. I want to be like one of those little tiny lap dogs that's not like yappy, but is just super cute. But somebody just like dresses in really fun clothes and gives me food all the time. I get to take naps, but go everywhere. Do you know what I'm saying? And I thought to myself, man, that would be an okay existence. But I really think that would only be an okay existence for like two or three days for me. And then I'd be like, dang, I need to be doing something else. Like I mentioned to you previously, I, I went to Disneyland. Like I, I love to experience the world that I live in. And so here is Legion saying, hey, we want a body so bad, put us out into those pigs. Now, that being said, you have something that a third of our Heavenly Father's children will never have. You have a body, but the world wants us to struggle with that body, doesn't it? I'm confident there isn't anyone currently listening to this podcast that doesn't know or has not themselves experienced issues when it comes to body image or body acceptance, whether it's our eyes are the wrong color or my hair doesn't do the right thing or I'm not strong enough, I'm not thin enough, I'm not big enough, I'm not tall enough, I'm not short enough, I'm not, I'm not. And we often look at ourselves in a deficit when in actuality we should be grateful, so grateful for the bodies that we have. Because again, a third of our Heavenly Father's children Our brothers and sisters will never get one. So I want to issue a go and do at the very beginning here and go and ask you to be grateful for your body. When you start to hear those dark thoughts walking in, will you you switch those up and say, at least I'm not a pig. My body's not a pig because you are a son or daughter of a loving heavenly father. I remember my dad had some very interesting sayings. Some of them got really deeply embedded into my head. And one of them was, when you see a sunset, you're looking at the handiwork of God. But when you look in the mirror, you're looking face to face with his child. When you look in the mirror, you're looking face to face with a son or daughter of God. So will you go and be grateful for the body that you have? Well, Legion was grateful for the pig bodies that they were given. But pig bodies, it seems, aren't as easy to control. Continuing verse 13. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. There were about 2,000, and they were choked in the sea. And they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and the country, and they went out to see what, what it was done. So here are the people watching it. They're like, what the heck? So they go and they tell the whole town. The town comes out to see this man who cannot be contained previously. And what is he doing? Well, they come to Jesus and they see him that was possessed with the devil and have the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And here's the response of the people. And they were afraid. And they that saw it told him how it befell him 
that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. Now look at what they do in verse 17. And they began to pray him to depart out of their coasts. They asked the Savior to leave. He has just cast a literal legion of devils out, and they ask him to leave. Is it fair to say sometimes we're the same? We ask him to leave our lives. Maybe the Savior's done something really cool for you, like, I don't know, answered a a prayer. Then after that prayer is answered, we ditch out on him. Or maybe he's given us an impression to follow, and we follow that impression, and something really great happens, and we forget to thank him. Sometimes we're like this city, and we ask him to depart. Well, of course, this man wants to stay with Christ. But Christ asks him in verses 18 through 20, tells him to stay. But he tells him, as he stays, to do something. Verse 20, and he departed, meaning the man, and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him, and all did marvel. The swine through legion testified to us of knowledge of things as they were. That knowledge is twofold. One, they testify to us that Jesus is the Christ. Remember, they come and worship him immediately. The same gentleman who could not be confined in any way by chains, fetters, ropes, you name it. The guy could break out of him. The Savior shows up on the scene. And what does he immediately do? Worships him. Why? Because Legion knows him. He knows the truth that Jesus is the Christ. Second, knowledge of things as they were. The knowledge that our bodies are one of the greatest gifts that a loving Heavenly Father could ever give us. That's knowledge of things as they were. We were spirit children. One third will not receive that gift. So will you go and treat your body better? Whatever that looks like, will you go and treat your body better? I promise that as you do, you will feel more peace. Next piece. Remember, truth is knowledge of things as they are as they were and as they are to come. So let's take a look at knowledge of things as they are and as they are to come. Now, the reason that we're going to kind of sandwich these together is because in this part of Mark chapter five, we actually end up with a miracle inside of a miracle. And I know that sounds really random, but you're going to understand what I mean as we go along, because we start into one miracle, then we like, it's kind of like pause, but we've got a side miracle and then come back and go to the original miracle. So to kind of set the stage here, we have a gentleman by the name of Jarius. And Jarius, in verses 21 through 24, he comes to the Savior and says in verse 23, my little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay hands on her that she may be healed, that she may live. So something's going on with his daughter that she is to the point of death. Very, very sick, right? And Jesus in verse 24, he went with him. But as he's going with them, there's a whole bunch of people. Now, the evidence of truth is that this is a knowledge of things as they are. Christ can come and heal in the moment that we need and ask. He has that capability. He literally can come. Now, he may or may not, depending on what is going on and what is needed. And you're going to see what I mean here. So we're going to pause Jarius and his daughter that's dying for a moment. 
Because as he's out there and there's a lot of people around him, if we look at Mark chapter 5, verses 25 through 34, we encounter a woman who's solely known as the woman with an issue of blood. So if we look here at verse 25, it literally says that, and a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years. So I decided to do, again, Google, and all I can really come up with is the idea of a hemorrhage. Issue of blood is being defined as hemorrhage. And for those of you that may not understand what it means to have hemorrhage, it's an uncontrolled bleeding. So she's got a type of uncontrolled bleeding, and we know via the next few verses that she's suffered it for 12 years. She's gone to physicians. She has spent all that she had, and nothing made her better. If anything, over the 12 years, her condition has gotten worse. And so she hears of the Savior, and she comes up with this really interesting idea. See, as she hears of the Savior, she thinks to herself, well, if I could only touch his garment, verse 28, I shall be whole. If I can just simply touch his garment, I shall be whole. Or in other words, she has a knowledge of things as they will or could be in the future. I could be whole if I could just touch the Savior. Well, an amazing thing happens, and, and many of you know about this miracle. She says, well, if I could just touch. And when she had heard of Jesus, she came and pressed behind him and she touched his garment. And I love the response of the Savior because he says in verse number 29, and straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up and felt in her body that she was healed. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him. Now, in case you're wondering what virtue is, we just need to drop down into the footnote and it says power or strength. Her faith of knowledge of things as they could be, as they will be, remember? As they are, as they were, as they are to come. The to come is she could be healed. She touches and she is. And you gotta love the Savior who touches my clothes. His disciples are awesome. They're like, what the heck? There's lots of people. And how is it that you're saying, who's touching me? You are literally in a crowd of people, right? Again, we'll go back to the Disneyland scenario. You are literally trying to get on rise of the resistance. The odds of you being touched by somebody is probably 100 out of 100. Somebody is going to bump into you, touch you something. And here is his disciple saying the exact same thing. How is it that you're saying this? And verse 32, he looked around about and he saw her. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her daughter, Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Christ can make us whole. It's a knowledge of things as they will be. Whatever it is that you may be suffering from or with, Christ can make you whole. I have the opportunity to have a stepson who, when he was in the second grade, was diagnosed with ADHD, anxiety disorder, and also put on the autism spectrum. That same son is now 21, has served a full-time service mission. And some of the questions that we've had the opportunity to field in our house are, why? He sees very clearly that the way that he looks at the world is different. The way that he sees things is different. And one of the questions that he has asked multiple times in conversations that I've been involved in is, 
Why did Heavenly Father make me this way? Or why doesn't my brain think like everybody else's? I know that the Savior has the ability and one day will make him whole. Is there something that you need to turn over to the Savior and simply trust that one day he can make it whole? That rather than worry about it, continue forward and know because you know the truth. The truth is knowledge of things as they will be. He will make you whole. Do you trust him? And will you let him do it in his time? We'll see as he heals this woman. Remember, we were really headed to heal Jairus' daughter. Something crazy happens in verse 35. We jump back into that miracle and we find that his servants come to Jairus in the way and they say, thy daughter is dead. Why trouble the master any further? I love the Savior's response as he says in verse 36. Be not afraid, only believe. Be not afraid, only believe. This verse causes me to ponder the question, do I actually believe Christ? Do I believe him? Do I believe that he can work these same kind of miracles in my life? In other words, am I willing to act on the most recent invitation given to us by Elder Bednar in October conference when he said, quote, As we appropriately seek for the spiritual gift of eyes to see and ears to hear, I promise we will be blessed with the capacity and judgment to strengthen our covenant connection with the living Lord. We also will receive the power of godliness in our lives and ultimately be both called and chosen for the Lord's feast. What did Christ say? Be not afraid, only believe. Well, the Savior goes up to that house. Something very interesting happens. He goes to the room and in verse 37, he suffers that no man follow him save Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. So it's him and the would-be first presidency. So the Savior and the first presidency are the only ones that go with him. He comes to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and the people are weeping and they're wailing And verse 39, when he comes, he saith unto him, why are you like this? The damsel's not dead. She sleeps. And verse 40, oh, kills me. And they laughed him to scorn. Now, if we jump down, uh, we've got a definition there. To laugh him to scorn means to ridicule. They ridicule him. So he does something very interesting. He asks them all to leave. So here comes the Savior with the first presidency. He's about to perform this miracle, and they laugh at his face. She's dead. Duh. So what does he do? He asks them to leave. And in the process of him asking them to leave, he then does this, verse 41. No one's in there but him in the first presidency. And he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Talitha Umai, which is being interpreted, damsel, I say unto thee, Arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was of the age of twelve, and they were astonished with a great astonishment. You see, truth is a knowledge of things as they are, as they were, and as they will become. 
And the Savior has the ability to work in our lives if we will only embrace truth. So would you go and do a couple of things this week? Will you go and take care of your body a little bit better than maybe you had or have been doing? Because the reality is, is it's an amazing gift. And those third host of heavens who don't currently have one recognize the Savior for who he is, the Son of God. They have that knowledge of things as they were. Will you go and act on Elder Bednar's invitation with an apostolic promise? That invitation to appropriately seek for spiritual gift of eyes to see and ears to hear. That knowledge of things as they are right now. And finally, will you go and share what you've been learning about truth with your family, your class, or on social media? To share that knowledge of things as they will be. That you know that the Savior will come. I know that as you testify of these truths and can promise that as you testify of these truths, you will feel greater peace and happiness. Why? Because Christ is the way, the truth, and the light. May you feel of his truth as you walk his way in the light this week is my hope. Go do good things and share truth. Make this week awesome. Take care. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Go and Do. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a review. If you didn't, it's all good. Please come and follow along with us on Instagram at Go and Do Podcast. Go and Do is written and hosted by me, Candace Shu, and produced by Cammie Fisher. Thanks for being here. And until we talk again, have a good time. Don't be a good time. See you soon.